Welcome back to the MBH podcast. Money buys happiness. Miami buys happiness. Everything buys happiness. We got an exciting guest in the house today. Um, but before I get into that, keep liking, keep subscribing, doing the fucking duties. You guys are running up the merch. It's fucking crazy. We appreciate all the support. We love you guys. Keep it rolling. We're going to keep it rolling. Anyways, in the house today, we got Daniel Snow, the founder of the Snow Agency at Rap and Creative by Kindred. What's going on, brother? AKA How are you? Dapper. Yeah, we're just on? talking about that. Man, what a fucking username. What a what a fucking <laughs> IG name, dude. Crazy. Yeah. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. Of welcome course, to the man. show, dude. We're excited. Uh, you know, great background, like pretty similar to like uh, ours and what we do. So maybe for anybody that doesn't know you that's listening, a little intro on yourself, who you are, what you do, all, all the good stuff. Yeah. So should I mention what I'm doing now? Like how, like what the whole yeah, background? Yeah, dude, go, go nuts, man. Cool. Yeah. So uh like they mentioned, currently I'm, I'm working on building Rap TV and the Snow Agency, which is a full service marketing agency. We focus on e-com brands, um, but I've been in the digital space for almost a decade now. Crazy. Um, I got started when I was in college, actually. Yeah. Growing these. Uh, well, I first found out I got in. I got into online mar- social media marketing. I, my friend told me during my sophomore year of college, you can make money on twitter i was <laughs> yeah. like what you can make money on your phone that's fucking crazy of course so uh he told me he was making 45 dollars a week and i was like damn like Jeez. i could go out on the weekends now that's, that's cool <laughs> i could buy some drinks um so that was how i got into it i saw him at the gym left the gym made a, a actually fitness twitter account in the parking lot and then uh that's how i got into it so i was growing a following eventually learning how to monetize it um which then got me into apps, e-commerce, affiliate marketing, lead gen, all different types of stuff like that. Um, and then in the next two years, just scaled that up. So in the next two years, had 20 million followers on Twitter, um, content blogs too, had, had a lot of success and everything I just mentioned. So I had three apps in the top uh, charts in the app store. Jeez. Free and paid. We had a content blog that was doing a few million visits a month. Um Ooh. And then I launched this, uh, one of the first kind of performance-based platforms for that allowed influencers and theme page owners to monetize their accounts. Okay. So uh, launched that summer going to my senior year of college, actually while I was studying every day to be, to, to be a dentist, I was studying for DATs. <laughs> okay. So I was going to go to the library, studying for DATs, launched this platform, it blew up. We had over 3,000 people using it within a year. Clear to see, clear uh, by the time that summer ended, I wasn't going to be a dentist. Yeah, <laughs> no shit. It was our platforms were doing a few hundred thousand a month in revenue. Um, anyways, and that's that's what then got me into e-commerce and all this other stuff. Um, was from that platform because we just had so much insight. Into- how how are you monetizing at that time? Like, what year was this? Can you give some like some insight on t- yeah. when this was? So I started December of 2012. Wow. I launched the platform May of 2014. Beauty, bro. And how are you monetizing at that time? The platform, yeah. So it was it was self serve in the sense that uh, we found all the advertisers, okay, ranging from lead gen, uh, could be like like uh, paper lead, like okay. phone call okay, stuff okay. like that, to fitness ebooks, okay. to um, muscle pills, diet pills, makeup. That's amazing. Stuff, and how are you growing the actual stuff, platform? How are you guys trying to do that? How are you guys growing it at that point? So. Kind of like even how you just mentioned with like the proof of concept. So I already, I mentioned I had, I had a huge following yeah, and I was pretty influential in the community okay. of, uh, of publishers, so to speak. So as I started l- using these ads to monetize my own accounts, naturally everyone started asking me, what are these ads? What are these ads? What are yeah. these ads? And 
you know, it's like a monkey see, monkey do effect. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Once I started, then everyone else started, then everyone else started, yeah. and then everyone wanted they it. They got to see it to believe it sometimes, yeah. yeah. And then, so once I moved, when the, eventually we had a, a large majority of the, of the large pages on Twitter using our platform day to day to monetize. Then naturally we wanted to move to Instagram. Of course. This was pre-algorithm on Instagram too, 2014. Mm. Wow. So um, how we got started was, was buying shout outs from all the large pages. Okay. And eventually from influencers and celebrities. And after we, we were spending, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of dollars with them, we're like, you know, you know, you could just sign up for the, for, for this platform and, and just do it yourself. Like obviously every time I'm paying you, I'm making money off of you. Of course. Instead, you can, you can post whenever you want. You can post more frequently, more offers, okay. et cetera, et cetera. Okay. So um, that was a, a huge way we got a lot of the Instagram uh, community. That's early on, too. Right? That's like very early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's unreal. Okay, so 2014 was like, no, 2010 was the beginning of Instagram. But yeah, that's early. Like, I, I'm, I'm curious, like, um, like what, was the, what was the strategy in terms of like promoting the actual business itself? Like, what, like was content a big thing? Was it just outreach? Like... So we never put, it was all word of mouth. Wow. Um, and literally just doing a strategy, I said. Yeah. So yeah. another big way was we we gave a, a, a great referral bonus to people who referred someone to our platform. It'd be oh. a lifetime cut of their earnings. So yeah, that really incentivized people to get other people involved because they saw, saw how much money they were making. They're like, oh, if I can get someone else, I like, can make 5% at the yeah, time. Yeah. Um, that could be pretty substantial, which it was. So um, those are really the three main methods we use to, to push get it. people did on you, our platform. Did you have any com- like com- competitors at the time? Like anyone? Yeah, like, there was there was like two or three, but um, you guys smoked them. Yeah, we did <laughs> we did we did pretty well, but uh, you know eventually it became a lot harder because a lot of the affiliate marketing and all this other stuff that we were focused on, Instagram, you know, well the, the algorithm came came which changed a lot of things. Of course. Instagram compliance. They didn't like a lot of the affiliate marketing and like all these tracking tools we were using. So okay. they started blocking links. And um, well, I those are like the third party tools, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I saw that, uh, you know, I didn't, I, I definitely didn't see myself doing this platform forever. So um, I noticed, you know, I was like, we can essentially get traffic to anything. So, and have full control. So I was like, oh, that is, e commerce, you know, seems like the next thing to focus my attention to and that's what inspired me to start launching my own brands of course okay so when does rap come to life at rap so i had 20 million followers on twitter Jesus on all these that's random insane. that's on, insane on all these not like daniel snow but like all these random accounts of course like, of course you know fitness funny accounts confession accounts were like yeah. a big thing back then um and then uh now when our my platform moved to instagram i wanted to build my own following so funny enough, I actually created the first world star account on Instagram. For really? It. Yeah, and that account gained a million followers in two months. And you're just posting like fucking like what? What was it at that time? Fights and shit like no, fucking no, songs not, and shit? Not, not like that, <laughs> okay, but it okay. was just like, uh, you know, like viral funny content. Okay, okay. Yeah. Dope. okay. Memes and videos, stuff like that. Dope. Anyways, um, so uh, rap came to be uh, a year after. So it was 2016. And... Um, we had an audience that, you know, I already had a few pages now at this time, probably had, I don't know, 5 million followers or something on Instagram. And I noticed, that, well, number one, the e-commerce brands were taking off. Goatcase was our yeah. first brand, had done 10 million its first year. Jeez. We launched another brand, Perfect Sculpt, did 22 million its first year. So I was like, I, I want to focus on building these brands and e-commerce. And like these pages are just like a little distraction. Yeah. But I already had just launched Rap 
and the, the, the 2016, like I mentioned, the inspiration behind that was I noticed that, well, number one, you know, my, now my focus went from like short term to long term. What are things I can build that, that could have long term equity and growth? So um, I wasn't interested in just building a meme page or whatever, yeah. or just an audience. You wanted purpose I wanted to build a brand. Yeah. So I noticed that a lot of rappers were starting to, record labels, the bigger artists weren't paying any attention to this. But a lot of the uh, the smaller independent artists were starting to leverage the meme pages, the funny pages, all that stuff on Instagram to grow their following, to get streams up, get signed to a record label. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I I thought that well, once I realized that, I noticed that there there's no rap account. Number one. Yeah. Number two, um, rap was really evolving on social media, um, and and you know, there's just like an ever. Uh, growing amount of content for it, so yeah. I was like, "Oh, we can we can have original content. We have the advertisers, and we have the, and we can and I kind of already have the audience." Yeah. yeah. So um, I figured that that could be pretty meaningful in, in building a real brand and eventually being able to work with the larger artists, the the record labels, and having advertisers advertise organically where people wouldn't even see it, which would be the best type of you know brand to grow. So uh, that was the inspiration behind it. And I always had kind of actually had it on the side, believe it or not. Okay. Um, and uh, really over the last 18 to 24 months, when we started expanding all the other social platforms is when the company just really blew up. And, uh, you know, now like just everyone in the music industry knows how important it is to invest a ton into focusing on social media. So, that drives everything. So yeah. I'm curious, how the fuck did you guys lock in the IG name? Because like. So I, I, I knew someone who already had it. He was oh, okay. a, actually, he was on my platform and I'd met him in person and all that. He wasn't using it because no one, there was no rap page at the time mm -hmm. on Instagram, believe it yeah. or not. We were the first That's one. That's crazy. That's crazy. Well, well, yeah, like at rap. Like, mm. Jesus Christ. Well, you're talking about what, 2015, 2014? Yeah, 2015, 2016. So yeah. um, no one was covering rap news. Like we were literally the first ones to do that. Like even the rap outlets weren't doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Damn, and you see a lot of that now. You see a lot of no, like artists. Thousands. Yeah, you see a lot of artists leveraging these these pages, like like rap, I guess, right? But you guys are probably the what the biggest one, the biggest rap. Oh yeah, we're, on, we're 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 not just on Instagram, but just on I would say on the internet. Yeah. yeah, we have close to forty million followers. That's crazy. We're doing close to two billion impressions a month Damn. across our network. How much content? How much content does that involve being put out on a daily basis? You're gonna sound like Gary V right now. <laughs> a lot. Uh, I don't know. Like each, a, a post on across all our socials, like yeah. over a hundred. That's crazy. Damn, a day. A day, yeah. Holy shit. Plus, uh, you know, we're doing articles. We we have original content. We have shows with Snapchat. Now we're doing uh, uh, campaigns with some of the bigger platforms. Like we're doing a TikTok campaign right now. We're doing a Facebook campaign right now. We're throwing a show on Friday and Saturday at South by Southwest with Rolling Loud. Wow. So now there's all this other stuff yeah, going yeah, yeah. on as well. So you're just leveraging leveraging these networks as you go. I want to I want to go back a bit. You said you you mentioned you had two e-commerce brands. Yeah. Right. That kind of took off. Which what which brands were those? One was called Goat Case. That was a phone case. Okay. Phone, case, yeah. phone case. I can like stick to things. Yeah. <laughs> um. And the other was called Perfect Sculpt. It was a women's shapewear. Oh, dope. Activewear company. <laughs> and those just fucking took off. Yeah. You were just leveraging so, all the all the socials you had and just promoting. Not just I it? had. I wasn't leveraging my socials, uh, but I was leveraging everyone else's. All the influencers. Everyone else's thing. But we had three thousand people on our platform, and I was able to see who drives the most traffic, mm. what type of content works. So I essentially quantified all that Twitter and Instagram, and we had just literally six people buying shoutouts all day long, <laughs> buying a hundred shoutouts a day. So so when did you when did you like? Okay, I guess at, at first it was just you, right? You're you're solo. It was you never no actually just me. 
No? So you had a partner? You had... I always had partners. Okay. Yeah, that's what I wanted to ask. Even with rap, like... On actually we'll rap TV, there is no partner. I was the only founder. Wow. That was actually the only company that I, I was really the only founder on. But uh, I always liked having partners because, um, you know, it's someone to lean on, someone to help uh, in ways, in, help, help uh, your your weaknesses and, and vice versa. So I always worked well working with partners. Um, but even early on, whenever I was building a company, I made a mission to hire day one. Yeah. yeah. You know? And what do you, what do you look for when you're hiring? Um, it really depends on the role, but at the end of the day, I think that, you know, some of our best and my best employees, my most valuable ones, loyalty has obviously won, especially yeah. in this job market, which is just <laughs> insane. Like, yeah. um, I think also passion is equally as important. Um, you know, it's hard to day in, day out work if you're treating it as a job. Yeah. You know, the people is like, it's 6 p.m. Why are you messaging me? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. those people don't last. Those people aren't top performers um, because they're not passionate. They don't love what they do. If you love yeah. what you do, and like, of course, like, you know, I'm not saying you work 24-7 around the clock, but it's like, it's not a, an issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think passion is is one of the most important things. Okay. Um, someone who's coachable too, you know, who takes criticism and yeah. and, 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 and and uses it to better themselves and is open-minded in that aspect um, has been equally as important for growth yeah. and uh, personal growth and even career growth, et cetera. Um, and then just people who, who can just figure it out by themselves, people who are independent thinkers, yeah. um, can work autonomously. Um, that's like what I look for. Your top employees and stuff, obviously because of this current job market, people can just fucking... Like, you know what I mean? Like, they're always they're looking some, for the next thing. They're always looking thing. for the yeah. next thing, yeah. right? Who's going to pay me more? Where, where, where do I have to work less usually? Yeah. Um, so what do you do to keep your, let's say, your top performers, your your best employees, what do you do to keep them uh, motivated, keep them in love with the vision and what you're doing? So number one, um, for top performers, growth, I, I find, is the most important thing. So it's like if you have a growing company, typically they can keep growing because yeah more and more responsibilities open up. And I remember seeing, reading something like that one time is like a company can be judged by the growth of their, their own employees internally. Cause obviously it means the company's growing. So it's like, you know, it's the CEO's job to make, to ensure that the company's growing. So it's like, if that is there then there will continuously be more responsibilities for people. Um, so like high level, that's the most important thing. But like from bottom up, what we've done day one is, is trying to put what I call a transparent growth, uh, trajectory in place so they know what what that tier looks like for them to level up in the company and beyond because um, before we had that it was very ambiguous it's like you know when do I get a raise like, yeah. then they, they then it puts them it's like well I want to raise now I want more money now but it's like if you put that in place now it's transparent as to what to expect when to expect it etc so that's been super helpful um, in my company the other thing is, is, is just be the, the ability for them to continue learning and, and developing new skill sets on the job. Yeah. When the job becomes super monotonous um, and there's no more room to, to learn, then top performers get feel stagnant, even if the company's growing. Because if they're doing the same things, they're not, you know, they're not growing as people. Yeah. True. So uh, that's another really important thing um, that I've found as well is, 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 is keeping that top of mind. Um and finally, is really just communicating with them. Like something that, 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 that especially when your company's growing, gets so bogged up in day to day, 
but just communicating with your team members and asking them how they're doing, you know, what do they, what do they see? What do they want? Where do they want? Just, just keeping that open line um, is so crucial. And it always amazes me every time I find out information just from those simple conversations. That's crazy. Yeah, it's true. With no, you know, with no agenda, just talking. Yeah. Just as as like fucking human beings. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's unreal. So, so when does the agency come along? So I sold my brands in 2019. All of them. Yeah. (laughs) Minus rap. You know, e-com brands. Yeah, okay. E-com brands. Okay. And uh, we realized that, um, you know, we, we after, you know, two or three years of selling phone cases and bras <laughs> and waist shapers, whatever, I was just like, you know, this is just not interesting to me anymore. Kind of like what I just mentioned in the top performers. Like, I'm yeah. doing the same thing over and over and over again. Um, what I enjoy most is advertising and growth, that, like, ability to start, launch, scale um, across many brands. So I was like, the agency... Seems great for a lot of my interests. I love meeting entrepreneurs. I love working with them. Um, it gives me the ability to grow an actual multifaceted organization um, that has a, a lot of different uh, people in it that that can have responsibility and they can have more trajectory because you know it's it's a lot easier when you remove just having so much inventory. So uh, the cash flow gives your company the ability to to scale and invest in your people more because people are literally everything in agency. Um, so I realized that based on a lot of those things, it could be interesting to, to me towards what I find exciting. Mm-hmm. And that was the inspiration behind when I pivoted from brand owner to agency owner. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, at the end of the day, you were kind of sort of doing it yourself, right? Yeah. So at that point, like you have proof, you know, proof of concept, proofs in the pudding. You have these brands, you've blown them up, you've sold them. Yeah. You already know what to do, right? So, okay. So talk to us about a little bit about the agency, how many people are involved, um, What's the background with it? Yeah, so um, we are, so, so, tem- so September, September 1st, 2019 is what I say was when we were full-time on it after we sold the brands. So we're about two and a half years old now. But a lot of people had been with us before that when we were still launching brands. So um, we're up, we have 65 employees now. Wow. Uh, we were actually up to like 90 at one point, uh, but decided uh, post iOS 14 to get a lot leaner and more efficient in a lot of ways. Um, so, um, we are, you know, like I said, full service. So we have departments that focus on media buying. So Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, Snapchat, TikTok, um, organic social management. So once again, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, all that, um, email, SMS marketing, web design. We mentioned we have a creative studio, those photo and video production. Um, so pretty much all things a brand needs to grow on uh on digital today is what what we help with from the top to bottom yeah yeah, Damn. yeah. yeah. I, was, I was i want to ask you a question just because you were building e-commerce brands at a time where i think that there was a lot less competition obviously um was it more difficult now uh, then or now do you think to start an e-commerce brand so there's always been a lot of competition and every it's like every year people always say it's getting harder yeah, yeah. but when you when it's now people say it's hard <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah people it's always true. go back to you know 2017 people were referencing 2014. Yeah, true. it's true. It's true. 2021 people are referencing 2017, <laughs> 2018. Yeah, yeah. So I think the digital landscape is just going to continuously get harder mm-hmm. as there's more adoption, more people realize how easy it is to do anything digitally. Um, and that's why, you know, CPMs are increasing because there's just more people every single year. Yeah. yeah. But every year people say, oh, it's getting harder and harder. So for sure, it's way freaking harder now. Yeah, but you have more tools now as well to get it out there, right? 
Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot more tools. There's a lot more things, uh, tools at advertiser's disposal. iOS 14 really impacted the whole advertising industry. Honestly, 2021 was the best year for e-commerce I've seen ever. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And why, why is that? Um, why do you think it is? A lot of things, you know, stimulus, obviously. So <laughs> that, that everyone had just tons money. of free money. Yep, yep. Um, CPMs were, were dirt cheap because, um, a lot, a lot of, if you remember, even uh, there was a lot of political stuff even going on. Huge brands were pulling budgets. Yep. Yeah. Um, true. brands during COVID, a lot of bigger brands were pulling budgets because they're like, Oh, we don't have e-com. We don't have retail stores. We're not. So it opened up a lot more inventory. So CPMs went down, conversion rates went up because there was more money. And everyone was at home just buying shit spending, online. Yeah, just nonstop. spending money. That's so it was like yeah, the yeah, perfect yeah. storm for everything for for e-commerce, and that's why they said, um, you know, e-commerce in 2021 did what it was supposed to do in 10 years in one year in growth. Damn. So it was amazing. But uh, yeah, 2022, it's things have gotten a lot harder. What kind of advice do you have for someone maybe starting an e-commerce brand in in 2022 right now? Um, I would say number one. Customer experience is everything. Yeah. So if you're, you know, before you can quickly launch a store, make make money, drop ship, whatever, it didn't matter, and keep doing that. Now it's it's everything. Customer acquisition has gotten so hard that if you're not building a brand that customers love and want to come back to, you're not you're not building a sustainable brand. It's it's gonna yeah. eventually stop working. Yeah. Because yeah. um, you can the, the there's the uh, Diminishing returns are, are more than ever right now on okay. for advertising. So building a product, I would say, in my opinion, that has high retention of customers, you know, that has a feature in it that allows customers to come back and buy more products um, is what I'm focused on. Yeah. Personally, I don't like, well, you, you know, because clothing, you could say the same thing, but I don't like focus when it's like the only way for customers to return is to add a million more SKUs <laughs> because it just gets so difficult with trying to maintain that. Okay. All the money you have to invest in inventory and SKUs that don't sell, all that stuff. So I like to keep SKUs low um, and still have the retention. So, you know, like typically what falls in that category, you know, supplements, beauty, fitness, uh, health, stuff like that. Okay. Um, obviously, there's more things applicable. But um, point being, build a product that has the, abil- the, the, the ability for, for customers to return, ideally month over month. Yeah. Okay, so you've built, you've built many brands, many successful brands, but also businesses as well. Yeah. What would you say is the difference between brand and business? A brand and a... Or, you, or maybe you mean a, a brand and just like an e-commerce product. Yeah, yeah. Just like when someone says I'm building brand... I mean, you're an agency, right? We're, yeah. we, we focus on brand building as well. And there's I feel there's a difference between trying to build a business and trying to build a brand. I feel brand is more based around community, based around feeling, based around emotion. Business is more so service dollars. That's what I think, right? But I would love your input on that. Yeah, but like even in agency, it's like you're still, you know, a lot of things that I associate with like brand, which is like, you know, investment in, crea- you know, in creative and the aesthetic and all that. It's like, well, at the end of the, at the, end of the day, it's like what I said about retention of customers and, and relationships and, and all that stuff is like equally as important in business. Yeah. yeah. Even if it's a brand, even it's just a, a store or a restaurant or whatever, yeah. like, right? If you don't provide customers a great experience, true. they can't return, then the business can't grow. Yeah. So it's like, I guess it's like, ultimately, everyone should be a strive to be a brand. Of course. I guess in that, in <laughs> yeah, that aspect. We, that's actually something that we, uh, a lot of our focus uh, goes to brand building and the creative that goes behind it. That's kind of a specialty at our agency. So 
we always kind of have this conversation or, you know, uh, let's say debates maybe with people. And because I think a lot of times, especially in the e-com world, like you said, right, like people come in, they're like, yeah, I'm selling uh, this box. This is what the box does. Let's just start running fucking Google, Facebook ads on it. Let's start pumping ads, pumping ads. And then it's kind of a little bit what you said, right? Like, sure, maybe someone sees that ad, clicks in, maybe buys it, maybe doesn't buy it. But your content sucks. You got no community on IG, on TikTok, mm -hmm. right? No creative going out, right? And I think that's kind of the miss where people get confused, right? Especially in the e-com world. They're just like, yeah, bro, I can just pump ads and I'm fucking good to go. And yeah, maybe that works for a year, six months, a year and a half, but it's not long term. But right? I, I say that, and that's what I was saying before, is that I don't even consider that a business. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Okay. You're not building a business if you're doing yeah. that. Yeah. True. Because it's too short term. Yeah. It's You're too just short -term. To like, like, that's what I mentioned before. It's, it's like quick money. That's like, going to eventually stop working. Yeah, exactly. It's not a business to me. Yeah. yeah. You know? Do you guys do a lot of that uh, at your agency? Do you guys focus a lot on the creative and that organic stuff? Like, is that a Yeah, big focus? so a, hu a huge, well, we're f more focused on paid. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we do organic as well, but huge, the biggest, most important part of paid is creative. Yeah. So for all of our clients, we do creative strategy. We have, you know, dozens of creative editors in house. We're thinking of all what we're, you know, we also have the ability to source influencers, then get the content, think of the creative strategy, the angles, develop the landing pages. So everything when it, A to Z uh, when it comes to that. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like you mentioned, creative is the most important thing yeah. for organic, for community building, for ads, for everything. Mm -hmm. So um, especially now, like we mentioned, it's harder than ever. Creative wins. Yeah. End of the True. Day. I'm curious now, how do you guys... Um, how do you guys promote yourselves? How do you promote the agency? Is it all word of mouth? Are you guys big on social? Do you guys, uh, do you know, do you have a CRM for that? Like lead gen for your, for the actual agency itself? Yeah. So we have, uh, we definitely are active on social, um, Twitter and Instagram mainly where we just put someone in, in our company to be head of, uh, of content for the agency. Right on. So now he's working with all LinkedIn as well. He's working with me. My brother's my co-founder, our other department heads on are now trying to bolster them on helping them build their personal brand because cool. that's essentially an extension of the agency. You know, yeah. putting our leaders and empowering them to become thought leaders will eventually, you know, help the agency because yeah. the, they're they're the leaders in the agency. So that's a big focus um, in the in the process of, of building a podcast, working on our newsletter, etc. That's on the organic side. Um, a huge focus for us is partnerships. So it's like, you know, thinking who has the clients that we might have yeah. all the different apps in the Shopify ecosystem. So, you know, the big companies, you know, the Clavio, Attentive, um, we have a great partnership with a bunch of others like Rebuy, ClearCo, just tons of these apps um, because we also bring our customers to them. So it's very mutually beneficial in that aspect. Cool. Um, cost, happy customers, right? Because yeah. just like I mentioned before with the, with, with, the, with the platform, happy customers will bring other happy customers. Yeah, that's true. Brand owners have friends that are brand owners. Mm -hmm. They talk, they know they want to know what's working for you and they want the same thing. Yeah. So that that's a great source of, uh, of customers. Um, same thing, you know, customers who, who bring us, we give them uh, recurring revenue on that as well. So they're, they're uh, um, incentivized to do so. And finally, we have a, a sales team that does outbound. So we have SDRs cool. um, who are prospecting ideal clients all day on all the different platforms. Right Beauty. On. What's what's your role like for the company right now? Like, what's your day to day? I'm the CEO, so um, I am focused on sales, um, 
management of our department leaders and uh, and uh, still overseeing the marketing yeah. um, and quality controlling that and still giving strategy for our, our key clients, stuff yeah. like that. Um, so that's really what my day to day looks like. Beauty. How do you stay? How do you stay level? How do you stay balanced as an entrepreneur? Because it gets it gets hectic, know. you know, and you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, how I stay balanced, um, you know, everything is on my Google Calendar. Yeah. Um, I gotta use ClickUp, nice, which is my project management tool. So I try to put everything there or in my notes. So it's like if I don't put it on paper, yeah, I'm gonna forget about it. Yeah. Yes. And I try to tell that to my team every time. It's like. Every phone call you have internally, externally, write down notes because you're yeah. going to forget. Yep. I forget. Everyone forgets. There's so much shit going on. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you know, const- we're, everyone's constantly on to the next thing. I try to write everything down. Um, and um, most importantly, fitness for me is crew fitness and diet. If yep. I am not maintaining uh, a healthy diet and working out regularly, I feel awful. I then, you know, it affects my mental state my emotional state bleeds into work personal so fitness and diet are like ultimately two most important things for me i I actually want to kick it yeah i first of all i agree with you um staying mentally fit physically fit is is massive for somebody you know in a leadership position so i totally agree with you on that but i I actually want to um go back on something you said that i really liked um when i had asked you how you guys were um you know promoting the agency uh, and, you, and you said like truly the first, it was the first thing you said is my favorite thing was personal brand for yourself, your your brother, like your leaders, right? That's something that myself and Ernesto have focused on since day one of our agency. And I would say truthfully, because we've actually never spent a dollar on sales um, from paid ads or a sales team. We've never done any of that. It has been strictly organic. Maybe we should start spending partnerships and stuff, partnerships said, yeah. and stuff, but, but it's been very organic. Um, and a lot of our, our, our clients have come just from seeing us, our personal brands, um, and then getting kind of fed through to the agency from our, let's say our socials. Um, and that's been massive because again, people want to work with people they like, people want to work with people that they want to be like, right? People want to work with people who are in a position that they want to get to. So I, I want to ask you in terms of promoting yourself on your personal socials and, you know, and your other leaders doing the same thing, what are some things you guys are doing or, or what are some things you would recommend to somebody who is trying to kind of build up their personal brand to help their business? I think that um, number one, your network is crucial mm-hmm. and having people that want to see you win um, because it's like, like a network effect. You yeah. know, they're, they're helping you push your content. They're supporting you. They're putting your stuff in front of other people, stuff like that. Um, and I've been building my network for a decade. And that's why Crazy. I constantly get, you know, I, I, I gave you guys a quick story on all my background. I've worn so many different hats. I've been in so many different communities. I've like experienced all these different like walks of life that now it's like my network is like so uh, all over the place in a yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, so I get a lot of people that, that help that help me. Um, and I think that's very important um, because it's like if you don't have those people, then you can post on social all you want. No one's ever going to give a shit. It's very yeah. hard to get from zero to one. So that's number one. Number two I think that honestly, LinkedIn is like the biggest opportunity for business related personal growth. Yeah. Because it's like, it has the algorithm of TikTok, 
where it makes it super easy to go viral if people are just liking and commenting. Mm-hmm. And there's just not that much competition. Like there's yeah. not many people who are still. <laughs> we talked about this with LinkedIn. Swish, with Swish as well. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone yeah. is on LinkedIn. Yeah. yeah, so true. It might not be posting and shit, but like people are there. Yeah, yeah. So there's just like such minimal competition of people who are actually investing time and focus into LinkedIn. So true. Um, it's amazing. Yeah. So. I highly, highly encourage if you're involved in business or even not, you know, see, you see people post personal stuff all the time yeah. and, and it goes viral, gets millions of likes. Yeah. Can't do that on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so even on TikTok, it's, it's like, there's a lot more competition now. So it's like the, the, the bar is so freaking low on TikTok <laughs> and just understanding what the content that works there. I would guarantee if you're consistent about it, um, you can see tons of traction, get tons of leads, make yeah. really interesting relationships, stuff like that. So I highly encourage people to invest there. Um, also, Twitter you know, has all these communities of thought leaders in essentially every space, um, investing a lot of time and focus and attention into, into the, growing your personal brand there um, can also take you a really long way and open up tons of doors. So I would say Twitter and LinkedIn have been like the two most pivotal things for me um, in terms of bringing in new leads. Yeah. Um, honestly, Twitter is probably, probably number one. Wow. Um, oh, fuck. That's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Insta- Instagram, like I would, I would, I would, I would love to focus more on building my personal brand there. It's also the the highest bar, I think, because you have to create video content to yeah. yeah. Um, in order to make it pretty meaningful. So that just adds a huge layer Yeah. and I just haven't gone that, that far yet. Um, but, uh, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, Damn. you got the IG name, so. Yeah, good to go. Yo, no one's ever said Twitter, eh? On on this podcast, no one's ever said Twitter. That's so I like that. Me too. But but, but it, like, I want to just go back to LinkedIn. Like, you fucking nailed it. There is so many people and such little content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And They're all like, watching though. They're all watching. Well, everyone's watching, right? And yeah. the, and like you said, the bar is so low. You can like post a picture and it mm-hmm. goes viral, right? Like something that like even just recycling. If you're if you're creating content for Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever the case may be, you just post it there. Like it's just another yeah. another couple yeah. clicks. You know what I mean? Twitter's interesting. I'm definitely going to hit you up with yeah. some I need some advice with Twitter yeah. cuz I got to grow that shit. Yeah, you're loving Twitter now, eh? I like it. I just I'm just not growing on it. Yeah. <laughs> the big thing Go on Twitter that's me. like the hottest thing in the last like 12 months. I'm going to help people are growing their personal brands like 100,000 followers plus in 6 to 12 months is Twitter threads. Threads. Okay, I've been wow. seeing threads this. Threads are it's like the hack to growth right now. So it's can like, you break that down for anyone listening? What what is could, a Twitter thread and what do you mean by that? A Twitter thread is just like, you know, Twitter obviously has you can only have so many characters. So it's like a clickbaity version of put it presenting new information. Yeah. Okay. And the the cool thing, it doesn't even have to be about you or what your or your experience. It can be, but you could just tell stories on other entrepreneurs, other things, other lessons learned. And naturally people want to follow. Cause they're like, oh, this guy, this guy is doing a lot of research and giving me new information. This is someone I want to follow. Yeah. Obviously, when you're putting your own experience into it, that works as well. Um, so it could be your own uh, stories, what you've learned, what what you've learned from other people as entrepreneurs, just interesting stories about other entrepreneurs. Like, you know, Elon Musk is da 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 da. I guarantee you didn't know these five things about Take Elon. And then about, it's just about boom, him boom, on boom. leadership. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. So, okay. That's we actually crazy. been sharing that shit. I've been, sh- I've been sharing those threads to him. That's so funny. I've been, I've been 
now more recently following guys who are doing that where exactly. it's like uh you know i've read so many books i've read so many articles yeah. here are the best yeah. best the, 12 the things 12 best no it was like warren but the warren buffett one it was, it was warren, like nine things warren buffett exactly yeah. it's every, it, it, yeah. they're, they're start all following over. right away that's crazy that's so a huge hack on growth i'm in the viral. fucking i'm i'm in the matrix i'm not even taking it in <laughs> yeah that's See? crazy that that's insane wow. um i want to ask like you that. so you made it out to miami yeah. about a year ago you said right yeah why did you make the move and and how's it been so far why miami so number one, I always, you know, I was born and raised in New Jersey, went to college in New Jersey, after college stayed in New Jersey. So my whole life I lived in New Jersey. When I was very young, I always told myself, there's no fucking way I'm living in New Jersey forever. <laughs> and it's exactly what my life turned into. So, um, you know, I didn't want to go to, I didn't want to stay, I didn't want to go to a school in New Jersey, but I got a full scholarship and a few other things. So I, st- I stayed in New Jersey. Then I was about to move to LA, but then I got a, a serious girlfriend and then I stayed and then, um, you know, I was, I guess, 27 already. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm still in New Jersey. Also, I had my, I was always running offices for my companies. I always had either warehouses or offices. Everyone would come in every day. I had to run the office. Yeah. My companies weren't just going, well, I can't just be like, peace, guys. Like, I'm yeah. in Miami. Later. Yeah. Has cheap taxes, right? <laughs> can't just do that. Can't do that. So um, during COVID was the very first time where I noticed I had kind of like a, um, the aha moment. I'm like, you know, I'm going to the office every day. No one's here. Yeah. yeah. There's so there's no office, mm-hmm. and I noticed in Miami it's like an actual opportunity because every, there was a huge tech movement during COVID, as I'm sure you guys yeah. know. Yeah. Um, uh, and I was like, I can be one of the early adopters of this, and like, and like, really be in 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 this kind of euphoric moment that's going on right now in Miami. Obviously, everything else like it was getting dark at 4 p.m. in New Jersey. Yeah. Freezing freaking cold, cold. Yeah. Can't go to the gym. Um, I feel like my network really never grew when I like in person in New Jersey. Like I wasn't e- meeting interesting people. Um, and obviously the taxes are pretty great too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I was like all those things. I'm like, I need to get down there and at least give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, two weeks found a condo, moved down. And, um, second I moved, I'm like, I, I'm in love. This is freaking yeah. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> I'm and not I was so happy. Yeah. And everyone even told me they're like, you just look so happy, so much happier yeah. now. Yeah. Everyone, I mean, everyone people saying that, that to us, we've only been here for three weeks, yeah. bro. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean There's uh, something something different something, about the fucking the air, Florida, bro. Miami. Yeah. It's people the air. Tell, everyone I would talk to, like, you look so much happier. And I was like, <laughs> Thanks. I, I, I think, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, pretty fucking happy. Glowing. Yeah. So yeah. how did you how did you set yourself up there, like in New Jersey? How did you set up your team and, and all that to to be able to do this? Um so we worked on Slack since since day one, so it was easy even communication there. Okay. Um, but getting your your communications dialed in is is super important. So project management, ClickUp, our whole yeah. company uses um, Google Drive. So really, just organization of commu- and and having and being able to communicate and having yeah. an open line um, is really how we were able to do it and do it quickly. And we rapidly scaled during COVID as well. Our first yeah. year, we went from like, like twenty to eighty people. Wow. Um, they said 80 people. Damn. Jesus. Yeah. Crazy. So, um, well, we were up to 90, like I mentioned, but um, that was the first year during COVID. Anyways, um, so yeah, it was really just, you know, ha- having great people on our team that, c- that can help do that on yeah. the, the operational side because I'm not the most organized person. Because <laughs> um, you have to go get some more manager managerial roles in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So having great department heads and people focused on just operations. Okay, so when you when you get out here now, are you are you still just focused on your agency? Or are you looking for different opportunities out here? Um, so 
I have enough in front of me right now <laughs> where I'm not looking for new opportunities. Okay. That's fair. That's listen, that's yeah. fair, bro. <laughs> I'm trying to focus on building what I already have. Yeah. So the agency, I have Rap TV, which is crazy, which is a huge opportunity. Yeah. That's where I want to focus a lot of a lot more uh time into building that. I'm actually launching a new gut health brand in under a week. Nice. We're raising a million dollars for it. So it's Unreal. first Congrats, time. Congrats, man. Thank you. Um, we have a call with a huge like celebrity VC today right after this. I'm freaking pumped for it. Oh, right on. Okay. Um, I manage a real estate portfolio too. I have 10 properties, commercial, right on. residential. Uh, so I have a lot of shit that I'm already doing. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't take more. I need to focus. Yeah, you got to chill out, bro, straight up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's dope, though. Um, so, are you in? Are you into like? Uh, are you into crypto? Are you into NFTs? Are you into that world? No. No? Fuck it. Better, better, <laughs> no. Honestly, there's no out. time. There's too much stress. I got heavily involved in crypto in 2016, 2017 and just fully YOLO'd. And uh, <laughs> when, my, when my portfolio went down like 95%, oh you know, I was like, yeah. just felt awful. Yeah, I'm yeah. done. I have a question. When you're building these businesses, and obviously you have a lot of things in front of you, like you said, Rat TV, the agency, um, this new health brand that you're working on. Are you, are you, when you're building it, are you looking for an exit? Or like, you know what I mean? Like, are, uh, like when, when you're thinking ahead, are you saying, okay, this is something I'm going to exit on eventually? <clears throat> you know, is the goal to take this thing public? Like, do, do, do you ever think that far ahead when you're kind of launching a brand? Or Yeah, I, I can't ever see myself wanting to take a company public, to be honest. Okay. Just like, for so many reasons. Yeah. It's like, you know, I'd rather get a win than, you know, a big win than like a grand slam. And it's like how I see taking companies public, like, you know if the company's worth billion dollars privately, like yeah, it's pretty fine with me. I don't, <laughs> That's I don't, I don't, good, I don't yeah. need a hundred billion dollar company. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need a $10 billion company. Um, you know, I don't even need a billion. I have 500 million. Fine with me. Yeah. Um, so honestly, I have no aspirations to take a company public right now, at least where I'm at mentally. Yeah. Um, but for sure, when you start a company, the goal is to always sell it eventually yeah. for me. I'm not one of those people that that's typically like, I can see myself running this business. For 60 years yeah. yeah seems pretty boring yeah. <laughs> no we we the, and the reason i'm asking we, we always have these types of conversations right um when you first i feel like for us especially when we started our agency it was like yeah like we're gonna grow this thing to we're gonna be fucking the biggest thing ever blah 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 but then as slowly as you grow right like you said you start to see other opportunities you start to notice things that uh you're good at um things start to come your way. People start to give you some type of offer. So then you start to question, right? Like, okay, you know, how long am I going to be in this business? What's, what's the goal for it? How far are we going to take this thing? Right. So that's why I'm asking because I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, uh, at least the ones that I know, aren't necessarily thinking about an exit right away, but as they start to build and see the growth and start to have some people kind of circling around, like, Oh, okay, true. Maybe yeah. an exit does make sense. Right. Yeah. Um, I definitely always have it in mind, but it's always just like, you know, weighing in, you know, is there more meat on the bone, so to speak? Mm -hmm. What is my level of enjoyment, excitement? What else is out there? So it's like, is what I'm doing better than what I could be doing elsewhere? True. Um, and you know, what I find is like when I start losing that excitement, and day to day and passion, it's like that's when, at least in the past, I've considered, okay, this might be a good time to sell. Yeah, to exit. Um, and I'm one of those people too. It's like obviously just from my track record, like I love doing new things. I love mm -hmm. learning. I love getting excited and passionate about new things. Um, and um, 
yeah, I, I always tell people like, I get amazed when someone runs a comp one company their whole life. Yeah, it's impressive. <laughs> you yeah, know, or I works at you. one job for forty years. Yeah, kudos and respect to those people, but yeah. it's like, um, it's tough for me to retain. I'm not saying I, I would recommend like some people now leave jobs every six months. Yeah. yeah. You go nowhere when you do that. Yeah. yeah. You literally don't go anywhere. There's a, I feel like there's, a, learn. there's a sweet spot. There's a right? sweet spot. Yeah. It's not six, you know, it's not six months. I'm not saying it's a lifetime, but like um, definitely putting it like, yeah, if you're just hopping around constantly and same with a business. Yeah. When I see someone else, someone that has a new business every freaking day, yeah. it's like that. Those are the people that are never successful. Yeah. yeah. Same with employees. You know, they're not, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't become a, a master you're a master at none yeah. um, from employee and, and entrepreneur level and CEO, whatever. So uh, to answer your question, yeah, I always will build a company that that is sellable. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, when you when you when you when you launch when you launch a company like exiting and, and selling it is always the inspiration. Yeah. Um, building company that someone wants to buy. Mm -hmm. um, so, but it's like you you never you never know where because you know your company constantly pivots things change you change as a person your interests change and if the company's not you know aligning with kind of you changing in that aspect then it's like it, you know once again that's when I I yeah. find it's time to sell and 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 when you when I mean cause obviously because you have uh you know put some exits together in the past what do you look for in an exit is it like you know what I mean uh, do you do you do you really care who's taking it? Is it strictly a money thing? Um, how, like in your past deals, was it straight cash and you moved on? Uh, were you forced to stay? Because we, we have some friends who have sold uh, on some really massive exits. Um, and, you know, part of their deal was, let's say, to continue running the company for yeah. the next year and a half, two years, whatever. What did those deals look, for, look like for you? What you can say, obviously. Yeah. So I never had a massive exit, I would mm -hmm. say. Obviously, yeah. the bigger the exit, the more the company's going to want you to stay on for obvious reasons yeah. in the team. Um, my exits on the relative scale have been on the smaller side, uh, but still fine. Yeah. Once again, relatively speaking, it's like a large scale, right? It's like zero, you know, zero or even a million, a billion, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's, 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 you know, there's definitely, I've I been put on ranging from earnouts where it's like, they want me to stay earnout. They put, they give you incentive. They give you some money up front. Some of it's been, okay, cash, small, the smallest deals, cash at close, done, walk away. Um, uh, and also it depends on the type. So it's like a service business, you know, we'll obviously want founders to stay on because it's all people. If it's yeah. a product business. Then it's like if they're, if, if they're, you know, if you're outsourcing a lot of things and it's easy to take that over and they don't need you to stay. Um, so, and because I've had different businesses, it's ranged a lot. Yeah. Um, but obviously it's like typically when it's, when you want to sell a business, like you don't want to keep working on that. <laughs> yeah. You want to get the hello. Yeah. That's like why you want to sell the business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, uh, you know, that's always important to me. Yeah, no, for sure. That. Well, we have a famous question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to ask him. Yeah. Oh, you're I want to ask ahead. him. Okay, you get to ask him. Does money buy happiness? Um, I think that once you get to certain levels of money, then the level, like, there, there, there's, once again, there's diminishing returns on, on money. Um, sorry, on happiness after you hurt, hit certain levels. Okay. What level what, what level would you say that is for you? Um I think that's like once you're once you 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 can like comfortably be able to do what you want. Um but that's tough to even say that cuz like doing what you want changes relatively <laughs> for everybody. Like, but yeah. for you, for you. Does, um, does money buy you happiness? And yeah, I mean much? if I didn't have put it this way. <laughs> if I if I didn't have money, I wouldn't be happy. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. No, right? that's that's as straight up as you can it's say. Like it. you, 
if you don't have money, that um, there's no. Uh, it's very hard to be happy I, I, in, in, yeah. in like in, in like a regular society. Yeah, you live in like the middle of nowhere. Like you're one of these minimalist people. That's fine. Yeah. But if you, you don't have the bare necessities to live and struggle day to day because you don't have money, then like it's very hard to be happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember reading years ago. It's obviously no longer this case anymore. It was like they found like the average. Uh, so was years ago. I remember when I was in high school. It's like once you hit seventy five thousand yep. dollars a year in income, um, like the that's peak happiness. That's peak yeah, happiness. Peak but it's obviously happy. inflation, all that shit. Like it's, <laughs> I don't know how. Yeah. yeah but even if you if you change it to like let's say one. 120, 130. Yeah. I would still look at that and be like, ah, come on, there's no way. Yeah. Uh, Do you agree I mean, with that? Um, I mean, it's tough for me because I'm also one of those people. It's like, to, to answer your question, no. Like for me personally, it's like money doesn't buy me. Once again, it's like money doesn't buy me happiness, but I, I like nice things. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You know? Yeah. It's, it's very, and it the things, the things thing. that are, that are good are, are like you get, get old. That's why money can't, fundamentally buy happiness once you have it yeah. because the car gets old the house gets old yeah the watch gets old yeah clothes you buy get old mm -hmm. yeah so it's like you know i guess there's still some people like very materialistic but the thing is like i like, like i said i like nice things but things get old so therefore it's like it's ever changing like it's like that doesn't make me happy but i just like you know enjoy yeah. to have it i think i think for guys guys like us who are entrepreneurs who are trying to always push um, you know, push, push the barrier, push the market money. Money is a, um, like, it's sort of like the goalpost. It's something that we're, it, it's the way that we basically see how successful we are. Right. So like you said, as an entrepreneur, you're always looking to learn, you're always looking to grow new things. You love starting, building, scaling. Right. Um, and the way that you kind of mark success in doing those things is how much money the business yeah, scoreboard. is making, it's like right? A scoreboard, it's the scoreboard. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So but I, I also I've I've realized I've made money in many different ways and certain things of how I've made money have made me feel more fulfilled than others. For sure, even 100%. businesses I run. How you make so it, I used right? to think about that too. Is an I would say exactly what you said. Um, but you know when I make when I buy a stock, I'm making up numbers and make a million dollars off the stock. Like that doesn't. Uh, that doesn't bring me any happiness. That yeah. doesn't bring me anything on the it's scoreboard. True. I'm it's just true. like, this is a fucking game I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, Versus yeah. like, you know, when I'm like em employing people, empowering them and making a million dollars that way, like, I feel that, you yeah. know? Yeah. So I found, uh, I found that is also like how you're making money along the way and the impact you're having on people um, is, uh, is, is, is satisfying. And the other thing is that um, it's really, you know, I think it's like, what you're doing like it's because the thing is is like you can have all the money in the world and if you have nothing that makes you feel fulfilled and you don't have a you know so you're retired it's like how do you how do you re how do you feel fulfilled day to day how do you yes. retain excitement so for me it's like it and which is kind of like what you're saying is that if i am i'm a, I'm a very um uh progress oriented person mm -hmm. so it's like if i'm growing personally, professionally, whatever, physically, then like, that's what makes me happy. Yeah. Um, obviously money goes hand in hand with, with typically Those the professional things. side. Yeah. So, um, and I don't know. Anyways, I, I kind of yeah. don't even know if I answered the question. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> but, no. But I think, I think what you're saying, well, there, there's, there's two things I can say to that is there's, there's a famous clip of, um, 
uh, what's his name? Mr. 305. What the fuck's his name? Oh, Pitbull. Pitbull. He goes, uh, someone asked him the same question. You know, does money buy happiness? And he's like, you know, there's all these answers and everyone always says no. But he's like, I think it does buy happiness. Money buys happiness. You just have to give it away. So I think in terms of what you're saying, where you're like building these businesses and, and, and pushing people forward and helping them learn and grow and pay them more, like we were talking about earlier, right? And setting up these, these, uh, these, these um, you know, the goalposts and moving it up for them. Essentially, you're giving that money away, yeah. right? The business that's makes revenue and you're giving it away and that makes you happy, right? I think that's one thing. And then the second thing you were saying, even in terms of like retirement and like, yeah, you can have all this money, but if you're not doing anything to feel fulfilled, then it doesn't really matter. And I think we, we see a, we saw a great um, example of that with Tom Brady. Yeah. Tom Brady retires, right? Constantly with athletes. Yeah, yeah. Two months into retirement, two fucking months. Guy spent two months with his family. He's like, no, I don't think it was that. What I think <laughs> it was is because he's like, okay, great. I have all the money in the world. I have all these businesses and all these investments. And sure, I'm making, you know, millions probably a fucking day at this point. But he's not fulfilled at the end of the day, right? Yeah. So it doesn't matter how much money you get. You got to make sure you're fulfilled. So I think it's, you know... It's a very interesting question. We always love to yeah. hear the answers, but I love your answers. And I think, uh, uh, I think I love it even more because I think we, a lot of our um, visions align and our goals align. So, yeah, but, talk, but I want to... Another gonna thing just... that someone told me that I, th I thought was, was pretty interesting because it's like super true is like your volatility band <laughs> of like money, when you live inside that, there's no emotions there. Yeah. You, you, you literally don't have emotions. So it's like, it could be of your stock portfolio. Like, let's say I'm making up numbers. You have $10 million stock portfolio. 1% of that is $100,000. So if, you know, anything between, anything within that volatility band, that band, like you lose, you know, money, like it's like you don't get emotional towards you're it. You're just That's desensitized. Just like the volatility. Yeah. 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 You're desensitized towards it. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Someone told me, which like, I was like, wow, that's, that is really true. Yeah. Um, true. It is true. But Anyways, to go back to the thing, like, I think that for me, you know, money buys freedom or the ability to have freedom for others. Money gives them anxiety and ties them up and they don't have any freedom. Um, so I think it's like the way you the, really the way you live your life and ultimately what makes you fulfilled. And I think money is a great tool on allowing you to feel fulfilled and doing what you want to do. Yeah. Um, but it's not ultimately like the more money you make, the happier you are. Very true. Was there ever a moment in, in, let's say, the past 10 years, the past decade of you building brands that you had this one super fulfilling moment? And if you did, what was it? Um, hmm. One moment. Probably a million of them, I'm yeah, sure. But it's tough to do that one You don't moment. have to do the one, but, you know. I would say the one moment I had where it was, like, crazy to me, it's always in the beginning. Um. I remember it was like one of the books I read, it's like the good old days people refer, refer to it as where you're just struggling, trying to figure it out, da, da, da. And I remember like I went from, I was still in college when my platform, we were already doing $100,000 a day in revenue by the time Holy, I graduated. That's crazy. And I remember walking to the gym with this moment and I, I, I was actually more scared than anything um, because like I, I was like, you know, I hadn't told my friends or family or really anyone that what I was doing. And I was like, Fuck, I'm 21 years old. I'm like, have I peaked in life? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. And I was really, honestly, scared of that okay. uh, for a very long time. So it's not necessarily a good thing, but I was like, did I have too much success too young? Because once again, it's like I've mentioned like what makes me happy is progress and all that other stuff. 
And I was like, fuck, like, how can I outdo this? I'm only 21 years old. I'm still in fucking college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can I, how can I outdo this? And it was a really big concern for me for, sure. That's for a long time. How'd you bounce out of that? How'd you get out of that mindset after? Um, I guess the mindset was always there until I just started kind of like pushing along and started doing e-commerce and all this other yeah. stuff. And I was able to just keep, you know, pushing forward. Yeah. Like, really. Unreal, man. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. What a story. <laughs> That's earth. Fuck. 21 years old, man. Congrats. If I was Listen. doing 100K a day at 21. Fuck, bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd be here right now, guys. <laughs> um, but yo, it was a pleasure to have you straight up, man. It was a crazy story. Obviously, super successful. I'm wishing you all the success in the future, man. Yes, yes. Um, we'll definitely keep in touch. Pumped for everyone to listen to this. They're going to yeah, be yeah. super inspired by this. There's going to be a lot of value here, um, man. Where can everyone it. check you out on socials? Um, yes, yeah, so my Instagram, Dapper, like you guys mentioned, yep. Twitter. I am Dan Snow. Um, if you want to email me, dan at thesnowagency.com. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll drop them all. We'll drop all the yeah, yeah, links yeah. down. We'll get all the links in. Damn, man. That's crazy. Super impressive. Listen, as Ernesto said, wishing you all the success in the future. Thank you for coming on. We appreciate you. Um, and we'll fucking keep it moving, bro. Awesome. We're, we're, we're Miami boys. Yeah, Great. no. So yeah. it's good. We're good to go. On that note, guys, if you made it this far, thank you. Love you. Appreciate you guys. Keep liking. Keep subscribing. Keep doing the fucking duties. You already know what it is. And we'll be back on another episode very soon. Very and, soon. And on that note, we out.